St. Peter's sitting at the pearly gates of heaven, reviewing, reviewing a file of a man standing in front of him. He says to the man, I don't find any information in your file that suggests that you did anything particularly good or especially bad during your life. Can you give me an example of a good deed you did? The man answers, I was driving down the street and saw a group of hoodlums with guns, knives, and clubs robbing an old man of his wallet and car keys. I stopped, jumped into the group to protect the man, throwing punches and kicks at the assailants. St. Peter looked at him impressed and asked, when did this happen, my son? And he replied, about two minutes ago. Isn't this a typical view that many of us have of St. Peter? An old man with a halo hovering over his head, floating on a cloud with the pearly gates of heaven over his shoulder, golden keys dangling at his belt, looking at a ledger that tells him who to admit through the gates of heaven and who to turn away. It's a quaint image, one that has become cliche over the centuries. But that image is not consistent with today's gospel story from Matthew. Our gospel story tells us that Jesus asks his disciples, who do you say that I am? And it is Simon who offers, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus knows that Simon could not have had this insight revealed to him in any other way than through God the Father. Jesus renames him Peter, the rock, the one whom Christ's church will be built. Then Jesus says to Peter, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. If we think about it, this leaves us a very different impression of heaven than the cliche of St. Peter in the pearly gates in at least a couple of ways. First, our cliched version of St. Peter suggests that the kingdom of heaven is a geographical location in some other place outside of our universe. And we're teleported there after our death and that, and that heaven begins just inside the pearly gates that float somewhere on a cloud. But that is not what our gospel story is implying at all. Our reading is actually telling us that the kingdom of heaven, to use the term in the gospel story, starts at the front door of St. Bernadette Catholic Church in Prospect, Kentucky. That is the threshold of God's kingdom, which means we are all sitting in that kingdom together right now. Now, I know that might be a little disappointing to some who are hoping to muddle through this life, show up at St. Peter's desk, and be issued a harp and your own personal cloud to float on, alone for eternity. But Jesus is telling Peter and the other apostles that they will establish Christ's church on earth. That is where the kingdom of heaven will begin, in the unity of the members of his church. And that brings us to the second way that our gospel differs from the quaint view of St. Peter and the pearly gates of heaven. In the pearly gates version of heaven, a person's admission is based on the merits of his or her life. All St. Peter needs is to find the name on his list, put a, check part, put a check mark next to the name, 
and unlock those gates with his golden keys. But that version of the kingdom of heaven is not what Jesus describes to his apostles in our gospel reading. When Jesus tells the apostles that what they bind on earth will be bound in heaven and what they loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, Jesus is telling them that inclusion in the kingdom of heaven is based not on the merits of someone's life, but rather on the mercy of God. And even more, Jesus is telling the apostles that they will be the ones to administer God's mercy on earth within the community of his church. Jesus is giving the apostles authority to forgive the sins of a community that will be made up of imperfect individuals prone to sinning. Jesus is telling the apostles and us that the kingdom of heaven must be based on the unity of the members of Christ's church on earth, a unity that will require ongoing forgiveness of each other for trespasses that, are, that will be inevitable with the people that make up the church. Church teachings tell us that this authority to forgive sins given to the apostles by Christ has been passed down through times, through time to the bishops of the church without interruption. Archbishop Shelton holds that authority for our archdiocese and shares that authority with Father Jeff and Father Bijou and all of our priests today. Archbishop Shelton and our priests then in turn share the grace of God's forgiveness in every sacrament we celebrate as a community, loosening our sins on earth and holding us together as God's kingdom of heaven. This is how we know that what Jesus established with the apostles two millennia ago continues to be the format for his kingdom of heaven today, a kingdom that is made up of his church on earth, a church membership that is based not on individual merit, but rather on a unity that is possible only through the continued grace of God's forgiveness. And it is through this well-practiced grace of forgiveness that we, as members of Christ's church, can stay joined together as a community, a community that serves as the gates of God's kingdom of heaven. St. Peter, pray for us. <laughs>